0: Welcome, welcome, travelers. We We're are aware that your journey, journey
1: was difficult,
0: but to prepare, prepare to have your questions, your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with The Masters of Modern. Of Modern. <laughs> and welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, with my co-host, Ben Bateman. Good morning, everybody. And today we have the wonderful Adrian Lopez
1: from the MTG Focus podcast. MTG Focus Spikes. Yeah, MTG Focus Spikes. Big difference. We're the competitive ones. They're the casuals. Yeah, we have that
0: too. The Command Zone is our uh, is our casual EDH sister podcast that just doesn't do tournament Magic.
2: The hilarious thing <laughs> about casual casual players and competitive players is that like competitive players actually have an opinion about casual players, but casual players are casual. They're just like we just don't care at all. Right. <laughs> we just want to play Magic cards. <laughs> yeah. When that cards loose. They're like, shut up! I just want to play Magic cards.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah, so today we are talking about aggro in modern history of aggro, what aggro decks exist, what what aggro kind of does, and that's gonna be followed by a deck tech on zoo, which we actually said we were gonna do like six months ago, and they never actually got to, so we're finally gonna actually do a deck tech on zoo. is like pretty
2: fascinating to to talk about as a as a player getting into the format because it's like it has this like shiny the best aggro deck sort of feel to it. You get to play all these sweet cards, but it's like. Well, anyway, we can get into it in a little yeah. bit. But. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, and, and there's a cool history to it. I mean, it was, like, a deck that was banned out of the format, and then when it came back, did nothing, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's,
2: that's what I mean. It has this, in the, in the way, like, Mono Red or, like, a, a Goblins deck or other aggro decks, it doesn't, it's, like, shinier and more expensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like, that's, that's, it just plays tons of fetch lands, tons of shocks, and, like, lots and lots of expensive cards. Tarmogoyves and all kinds of stuff.
0: Right. Um, so, aggro. What kind of aggro decks are there out there? T- t- tell me, what 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 is an aggro deck? Aj, do you want to do you want to sh- shout out and explain to the world what an aggro deck is?
1: So, what is aggro? Aggro is pretty self-explanatory. It's in the name. It's uh, it's a aggressive decks usually want to want to win the early game. Want to win around turn one or turn one. <laughs> I don't know what aggro deck wins turn one. Uh, around between turn three and turn four. Um, one of my favorite decks of aggro is Niazu. Um, the deck just can blow up and win on turn three. A lot of affinity decks are typically able to win around that turn. So it's just about getting in there turning cart sideways and um, finding the right line to do so.
2: Don't you think though that like um, in modern because of the interaction of the format and how aggressive the format is, not just for like an aggro strategy, but like how aggressive the format is in terms of its uh, linear strategies, a lot of the aggro decks almost feel like combo decks. They almost feel it's this giant, like, synergistic pile. Like, uh, Mono Red is kind of a combo deck, and Affinity is kind of a combo deck, and Infect's a combo deck. Like,
0: Well, I would, I would say, at least with Mono Red and Infect, neither of those are classic combo or aggro decks. Like, Mono Red especially is, like, you're mostly casting spells at a person's face, and even, if uh, like, Infect plays almost more like Storm to the extent that, um, not Kibler, uh... Finkel has played Infect in the last two Pro Tours because right. he feels like, oh, this is just a better version of Storm than Storm even is. Cause it's all just been like, how many spells can I cast in one turn to kill my opponent? Right. And right. like where like I do think like affinity is about playing as many creatures as possible into the pl- into play and then attacking with them. And like but I do agree with you that in the modern format, there is a feel in the aggro side of things, that all decks are multifaceted and always have a weird combo finish. So, like, an well, example...
1: Murfolk Mer- is a really, really good example of that. Right. I think Murfolk is probably be the more combo-y of all the decks. Oh, really? Just I just... with...
2: Murfolk feels more like an aggro deck to me, because it's just a bunch of creatures coming down and, and making each other good, but it's on, on a linear axis. It's like playing a creature and playing another creature... that makes the creatures bigger. An, ...and then attacking with creatures. Well, so
1: what... I mean, you have, you have all the all the different ways that, like, Marrow Regery and, and all those, you know, the, the untapping, the tapping, the Curse Catchers to protect. the a- Aether Vial just plays a really, really big part in that deck. It's a great card. True. I,
0: I mean, and, and, it, and that's kind of with Affinity also, where both of them, and, like, maybe you can make the argument for Elves, where, like, there's an engine that lets them pump out creatures much faster than normal just basic aggro decks like kind of like zoo which maybe is the base level for an aggro deck can generally pump them out because affinity empties their hand on turn one refills it and then empties it again on turn two but uh, merfolk can just start pumping out lords and starts getting really big really quickly and elves literally like is all mana producers that then also can attack a little bit later um i do think but like merfolk does just kind of go to the bread zone versus like elves and maybe like uh collected company decks where like literally they're attacking you normally but then they can also just combo you out from the left left field like if they just get the right amount of cards they can just win instantly the reason i say that affinity feels like a combo deck is because
2: when you play against affinity and you think about what do you actually have to do to beat that deck it's not like i'm gonna put a bunch of blockers in front of it and uh i'll win the game it's like Everything they have can't be blocked on the ground, so and like a lot of cards that they're playing, like signal pest or something, it's only good because they have this ability to attack with other things in the air. And then like if you do have a blocker, they've got Ravager and they have plating and they kill you with infect damage a lot of the time with one creature. It's it doesn't it's not eating away at your life total for like four and then six and then twelve often. It's usually like one gigantic swing from one creature. And, like, it's very hard to interact against it.
0: Right, but that's kind of the definition of aggro in Modern. I mean, like...
2: That's my point, Every Foreman has a
0: different version of aggro decks. Like, what's aggro in Legacy? Uh, Mono Red? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's,
1: it's from Delver? A...
0: Delver, yeah. We,
1: say, yeah. we say Delver is an aggro deck, or is it more of a tempo, tempo. deck? Let's say it's
0: tempo, where, like, you... I guess...
1: And Legacy Goblins isn't really viable anymore, is it?
0: Not really.
1: So there's not really a big aggro deck... I don't know. Legacy and me have an issue. I don't. I'm. I'm not quite fond of the of the, the many different variations of Delver.
0: Well, right. here,
2: here's something interesting. So one well, of our good friends of the podcast, Andrew Brown, uh, he and I were having a conversation about Legacy because we were talking about going to Seattle in November for the Grand Prix, and I was like, "Are you going to play?" And he's like, "No." I was like, "Why?" He's like, well, "It's not real magic. It doesn't it? Doesn't you don't ever block with creatures?" He's like, "Creatures don't block in Legacy." He's like, it, "There's no combat math. You're not playing creatures and attacking with them." And obviously that's just one man's opinion, but... It okay, is... And that
0: one opinion on what magic should be, but yeah, continue.
2: But what's very interesting about that is if you think about magic from from the viewpoint of you come in as a limited player, limited teaches you all of the basics of magic. It teaches you reaction time and the stack, and it teaches you combat math, and it teaches you style of deck. You can be controlling, you can be aggro, and the power level's never so high that you can escape those basic principles. You get into a format like Modern or Legacy, and you can warp the definitions of these decks because, as you said, in Legacy there's no room for, for attacking with creatures and blocking. There's just no time for it.
0: Right. I guess, I guess the definitions for, I mean, for now we're getting Legacy, which we shouldn't be talking about, but, like, Maverick in general, which isn't that good anymore, but Death and Taxes still is pretty is a playable deck, and that's probably the closest thing to an aggro deck. But that's yeah. just because it plays creatures and attacks with them right. in a format that doesn't do that. To, for people out there to kind of differentiate between what Tempo and Aggro is, because we did just kind of bring that up, Tempo are decks that play early threats and then use spells and control magic. Effects to prevent the opponent to play blockers so that their early threat can just kill them, or or they use
2: that those like maybe their threat is unblockable and they use their tempo to, to protect their creature. Correct, it's, but I mean yeah, it's it's interactive effects. I'd say spells, creatures, and effects that protect their game plan,
0: right? Uh, versus versus aggro, which generally is I, every single one of my card is a threat, and I'm playing as many threats as possible to kill you as soon as pass- possible.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Like we, which is
0: why by that definition, I feel like Affinity is fully an aggro deck, even though it does have comboy like efficiencies.
2: We, we did our whole episode on versatility. The, the All the cards we talked about in the versatility episode, all the charms, and th- those are like classic tempo cards because it's like they're they're ineffective on their own, but because they have multiple modes, they can protect your game plan. Generally speaking, cards that have multiple modes are like a perfect fit in a tempo deck. So, a card like Vapor Snag and Merfolk, which for one blue can bounce their creature and deal one damage to them, but in a pinch you can bounce your own creature to save it and then replay right. it. That's your classic kind of card that would go into a tempo deck where you wouldn't necessarily just play a Vapor Snag in a straight aggro deck because it's not powerful enough. You'd want Lightning Bolt instead.
0: Right. So I guess my question is, eh, why is the classic, why is being a combo deck among your aggro deck so important in Modern versus like Standard or, or Draft or other environments where aggro can just be an aggro deck?
2: You're saying why is it important to be able to do something?
0: Well, Why is, why is the classic, what people classically considered aggro, not viable in Modern? Yeah, what you go first,
1: Adrian? What do you think? So you're saying that that aggro isn't a viable strategy in modern?
0: Well,
2: if if, if Zoo is the baseline, like we'll we'll call Zoo the baseline because it's the most it is the most linear aggro strategy, and exactly what we're talking about: playing creatures and attacking, and the most efficient burn spells to back it up. Okay. Beyond that, it's probably the only one that does it with very little and, interaction. And it hasn't.
0: I don't even know if has Zoo top aided a GP before.
2: Uh, at the beginning. Probably yeah. All I, right, I seen uh, it ex-
0: recently, excluding before Nactal Band oh since
2: the unbanning
1: now
0: since Na was wow. unbanned, oh, no it has't but
1: I, but a lot but like that that I remember that week or that that unbanning period there was so much hate for wild Naka because true, people were so true. scared of it um I think the deck is actually in a really good spot right now um there's not a lot of people are expecting it and I definitely win a lot of my games that way just right because people, people stumble aren't, people don't expect the the 16 damage 17 damage on turn three. They'll, they'll they'll ignore blockers and just try to take the damage, and you crack for fifteen, sixteen.
0: Right, and the deck has gotten a lot of like. I'm, I'm assuming you're playing a target's command in the deck. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so actually, last night I um, there is a buddy of mine, Kevin Gomez. Uh, he's at, at Kevin Gomez on Twitter, and you can find him on Twitch at slash Mad He runs a Thursday night modern event for Mox Change support, and I played Tribal Zoo actually last night.
0: I think I actually I think I retweeted your list yeah oh my it last god night. yeah it's sweet
1: i loved it i fell in love with that list i just came up with it before the tournament and i was like i really want to play tribal flames and snapcaster <laughs> seems, seems pretty good I right mean, we've
0: talked about that before yeah it seems pretty sweet yeah
1: but the deck definitely there's a reason we play four rending volleys three to four rending volleys in our sideboard because we just cannot compete with splinter twin splinter twin can really it kind of plays the same route that it plays against affinity it ignores us it just Pester Mites or Deceiver Exarchs on the end of three and then Splinter Twins and wins.
0: Well, that's and and that's kind of like Splinter Twin is another deck that it really attacks on multiple axes And that's kind of one of the reasons I think pure aggro has always been uh, like a foot behind in modern is like if you look at that deck, it plays the tempo game. It plays I play a threat at instant speed and then I protect it from you trying to kill it. And then event, if you somehow are able to stop me from killing you using life gain or whatever effect, I can also just insta-kill you by playing a threat at the end of your turn and then making infinite 2-2 flyers.
1: But I think I think aggro is just a little too fair right now. Right. Um, yeah, on it, that's really what it comes down to, is aggro decks are really fair. It's just straight-up magic. We're, we're trying to interact, and all these other decks just ignore us. And we we just tend to really thrive on them on them stumbling, really. Right. And we make them pay for it.
0: And, I mean, like, if you look at the recent last two GPs, the winners have been Elves and Merfolk. And, like, it's interesting that the aggro decks in the format, the only way they're really surviving is by being super synergistic aggro decks. So Merfolk, like, every single card is a lord or is, like, a counterspell on a creature that gets pumped by the lords or you draws you cards. Play spreading Seas in the main deck. <laughs> Elves is a, a deck that, like, Elves can goldfish and win on turn two. It's You have to have the perfect seven cards or whatever, a perfect six of the seven cards. But Elves is a deck that can very, very quickly kill a player. And beyond that also just like attacks you so like even while you're trying to stop them maybe from comboing and getting a, a giant you know threat that pumps their whole team and kills you instantly they're just oh well i'm attacking you with five one like two twos every turn so that's 10 damage a turn good luck
2: <laughs> yeah it's funny that the sweepers of the format against those two decks the the, the really effective sweepers are often not fast enough in order to do like don't do enough damage like pyroclasm doesn't do enough because the creatures all get right. too big and too
0: supreme verdict is too late
2: yeah and I guess on three, like, what do you, you get? Like, Anger? That's, the, that's your best bet? I
1: found, the, I found the best way to deal with those decks is just having spot removal, uh, Path to Exile, or Magma Sprays. Right.
0: But even then, like, sometimes they just, like, with collect, like, a, a collected company off the top just completely wrecks all of your one-for-one-ing that you've been doing all game.
2: Yeah, I mean, provided you're not putting your own clock with, like, a Mere Superior or something.
0: <laughs> and, and the collective world I rolled their eyes
2: this list. I <laughs> this list. oh dude it's it's really sweet we, we joke about it but it's alex alex was on the haterade train for long enough that he like he came around it's it's a cool deck it's,
1: yeah but a, you, uh, if you send me the list i'll build it and i'll stream it yeah it's
2: good dude i i've been i've been playing it. we we talked about it on the on the podcast and our, our yeah um,
0: I'll, I'll i'll ship you a list uh, i mean it's drinking actually, haterade is delicious all right <laughs> it's actually a good deck i'm gonna be playing it again this weekend yeah so i mean I guess we never really answered. I guess the the answer to why pure aggro or what people consider pure aggro, fair magic, isn't considered really viable or generally hasn't been considered viable in modern, is because you need to be able to interact on multiple axes. It's a turn too you slow. You need you need like a most decks can handle one game plan. Like modern gives enough of a versatility in cards that people can be like, okay, I have to stop you from aggroing me out. Okay, I can do that. But the reason elves and merfolk And or, you know, Affinity can kind of get around that is because they like, well, Affinity can be like, well, you're stopping my game plan of going wide. Well, so I'm going to stop, hit you with a pierced, like, man land that's going to go from over the top. Or you're stopping my, you know, merfolk through, like, blockers. But, well, I can use spreading seeds to go, you know, under that and through you.
2: So, okay, I want to ask a quick, quick question. So we have right here, we have listed as our top five. Prolific aggro decks, affinity, merfolk, elves, zoo, and we'll just say cocoa collect company decks. Yeah. Um, here's the question I have. So this last week, uh, two weeks ago, you had this new Gorio's Vengeance deck go nuts, and and Zach Jesse top eighted with it, right? Right. And you had you had the ad nauseum deck in there as well. So the top eight was, and I mean, this one by elves, like ripe with with innovation. Yeah. And all kinds.
0: Like it, it ended up being like a super diverse top eight and top fifteen. Yeah. And like. Plus six blunts twin decks.
2: (laughs) What I was going to suggest was, like, we talk about this sometimes brewing in modern and, like, how much design space there is as a brewer. And some people who write articles like to say that the format is sort of has been solved and it's boring and, you know, it's you can't prepare for enough decks and all the good things have been figured out. And, like, it's just annoying. You play the same play the same six. I mean, that's blatantly. Well,
0: we've seen it be not true when, like, four new archetypes showed up, including, like. We're going to talk about it later, but Death Shadow Zoo right. or um, Gora's Vengeance well, or the Shredder deck from last week. Or... <laughs>
2: so, 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 let me, so let me finish my thought, which is that I remember when Amulet posted uh, you know, a top two finish and we all were like, well, that deck's been around for a year and a half. How is it just winning now? How is it just showing up now? Now everybody's scared of that deck. This, this new Gora's Vengeance deck, it's not the same one that was winning with Fury of the Horde a couple years ago. But all the cards are still have been legal for like a year and a half. So you see this come up with, with combo decks. When are we going to see a crazy innovative aggro deck? Or is that space too difficult to, to innovate because you can't do things that are unfair enough? Is that the reason that you don't see innovative aggro decks show up as much as combo decks? I'm trying. <laughs> I'm
1: trying really hard. Um, I, like I said, I fell in love with the Zoo Shell. And I feel like the best deck isn't there yet. We haven't found it. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be some sort of delve deck, but we just we don't have a lot of the tools that that are. We're like I said, we're just playing really fair magic. And
0: right.
1: I I mean I I've, I've played against the Goryeo Vengeance deck um maybe like 15 to 20 times on on Moto, and honestly the matchup is so it's such a toss up because we just have to really bank on them not Goryeo Vengeanceing out something huge. Right. I mean, and that's that's it's honestly just that's how everything comes out, and in, in most of these matchups against combos, is we just really hope that they they misstep, that they're not able to get there, that they have a mental misstep. Well,
0: and that matchup just got worse because like the big new thing that they added to the deck, the way they're getting through the beach instead of on turn five, they they cast an arcane, yeah. use arcane on turn four by exiling um, with the green spot. I Can't remember what it's called. Nourishing shoal. Nourishing shoal. They get fifteen life. Eleven. Uh, no. Oh, because it's an 11-11? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, it costs eleven. They get eleven life, and they get to put a Grizzlebrand in play. Like, how do you beat that as an aggro deck?
1: <laughs> it's so <ridiculous>. <laughs> <laughs> we we hope that we're not tapped out for some reason, and we have an Atarkas command. Right.
0: Yeah. I guess that's that's really the <laughs> <laughs> only and game plan. And we're
1: typically tapped out. On and that then turn.
0: they and then they still gain seven life, or they still draw seven cards. <laughs>
2: Aren't counterspells just good against that deck, though? Aren't like isn't like spell pierce just like game breaking against them?
0: Yeah, but the problem with that is. A, they have a decent amount of card draw engine because they get to play um, the flashback draw two cards. Oh, Faithless sorry. Looting? Faithless Looting. It's early. <laughs> um, they get to play Faithless Looting. so like, And that card just offers a lot of versatility against counter spells because you're playing from your graveyard as well. And then beyond that, what we're saying with zoo like (laughs) that's another aggro deck That's just another deck that aggro has a big problem with because they have like incidental life gain or spell skate is in the deck main or like like there are so many random cards that are good against a lot of other decks that just happenstance hurt zoo maybe i should just take your blue white red
2: deck this weekend because i'm gonna just run up against Goria's vengeance because people think that deck's so cool and blue white red's like the best thing you can play against that deck right it's just like tons of counter spells. Yeah, and counter path, spells and removals. And
0: pathbacks. Isn't <laughs> like
1: Graft Digger's Cage just shut out shut out that deck?
0: No, because it's it, it they play them from their hand, like Through the Breach gets around.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: And 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 from the streams I've seen, Through the Beach is almost more of the game plan than Goro's Vengeance is sometimes. Cause it takes a little bit less setup and like it, it like it's the reason that Graveyard Hate isn't also just like the stone cold nuts against them. Isn't, like, Remand
2: insane against the Nourishing Shoal plan? Or maybe I'm just... Is that how that works?
0: Well, it, it you would return the Nourishing Shoal their hand, but, and they, but they can still... I think they can still Arcane. Uh, Isn't
1: it part of the casting cost to exile a creature?
0: Yes, but I, my point is I still think they can cast, um, through the breach, Arcane off of it, even though you countered it.
2: Yeah, 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 I mean, they can still splice, but that's you can also just decide which one you want to remand. You can just... If they...
0: Yeah, but then they still have, like, remanding a... I don't actually... I don't think you can remand a splice. I think it's a. act. It's not a casting cost. It's a... Oh, really? I think it... I'm not sure about this, but even if they do, they still have it in their hand. Like, yeah. they, they're they're turn five, they're still playing a Grizzle Brand and you drew a card. And they draw seven. <laughs> yeah, that seems,
2: I, I'm just, like, trying to imagine playing against that. I played
0: it in Blue, White, Red. I, uh, when we... When I took Blue Ray Red to GP San Diego, I played against Gory Vengeance twice. The old one. Weirdly enough. The The old one. And, like, it was a terrible matchup. I, like, lost every time. Because, like, the problem with Blue Ray Red back then was always just, you don't. And, like, control in this format and aggro in this format both have this problem. It's like, you're not doing enough in control. You're just wait Like,. While you're like trying to maybe kill them incidentally, they're playing Grizzlebrands and Emmercols and attacking twice in one turn.
2: So you want like (laughs) you actually want to be playing like a devoted Delver deck?
0: Yeah, I think you need to play tempo against them, which is which is what we don't want, (laughs) I guess, in this conversation. But so Zoo, I guess before we get into Zoo, uh, I actually I have to go to the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. All right, you guys talk among yourselves about sweet things. All right, so we're now recording.
2: All right, so let's back up and talk about. So we'll start with what is Zoo. No, no. Goblins. Goblins.
0: Okay. So, before we get into the deck tech, I do want to bring up uh, this morning, right before we start recording, Pile Driver was spoiled to be included in Origins, which means Pile Driver is being introduced to the modern format. That for is those. Goblin
2: Pile Driver, the exciting yep. two drop red creature that was the scourge of Legacy and, and Standard. In so, its for time. those who
0: don't know, it's a red. For one colorless and one red, you get a 1 2 Goblin that has Pro Blue, and whenever a Goblin attacks, it gets plus 2 plus 0.
2: So, with lots of goblins, it can go nuts.
0: It, it gets real big, real quick, and really hard to block with merfolk. And that's kind of, I guess, the issue we have with it. <laughs> I don't think it really does anything. Like, it- there's not any good. Like, even Delver decks, Cassigur gets in the way. Like, there's just so many block, like. If it was protection from white, actually, to be totally honest, if it had pro-white, I'd be way more excited about this card. It, it
2: gets around souls. What Lingering are you souls this, half. Has your like Twitter feed been going nuts with this card?
1: Oh my god, everybody... In, so we have a couple groups here in, in locally, and uh, people are freaking out. The Standard is over. Standard is dead. Rabble Master, Goblin, driver, in the same format. Everything's over. The world has ended. Rabble Master's really, really powerful. Yeah, and Standard, <laughs> I can see
0: this actually being a much bigger problem. Or at least a much more powerful card for the next two months while, while Rabblemaster is still in the format.
1: Don't you love this, like, awkward moment? I don't know if you guys play any standard, but this, like, this next two months when when we get the core set and all the other sets. Right. It's when we get the most ridiculous decks. What was the last one? Elf Ball?
0: Right. No, I mean, this is this is definitely my favorite time for standard. I Like, I'm not a big, big standard player, but my two favorite times for standard are... Right after the last core set and right before, right after the next rotation, because it's the two most like everyone's hands are up in the air, don't know what's going on. And like, there's so many, like, this was my favorite standard ever was right after M11 when, like, we had Valakut, we had J- uh, Cobble- Jace Base decks, we had N- Naya uh, Lightsaber, we had Mythic Conscription. We had Grand Architect
2: decks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that was, that was uh, right after rotation. This is before that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, this is the best time. It'd be paying attention to standard even though it's always modern season which i'm also like ma- i guess summer magic is like my favorite magic period even though a lot of people bemoan it because they're like well i don't have a good deck because i sold all my standard cards so i don't know what to do it's sweet
2: this is why you should just it's have friends it's with a good brewer's cards. paradise yeah definitely. it definitely is having friends with good cards makes all the times fun because you can just play anything i'm just like i'm like alex here's this brew i came up with do you have these cards
1: yes yes i yes, do yes i do uh, <laughs>
0: Like um, you've had I think for the last 3 weeks you've had my like you've had both my Grixis twin deck and my Abzan deck cuz I'm just like well I'm traveling for work so you can I guess take these to tournaments and I'm carefully pulling them <laughs> apart and making similar brews that play <laughs> the experience and said, no uh,
2: no I, so 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 talking about this card quickly and how it fits kind of into modern maybe outside of necessarily uh, goblins like just just as a two drop in an aggro strategy um, I wanted to say that I think I spent the summer sort of working on, like, my own versions of Zoo, right? So I wanted to first... I was like, okay, I like the idea of playing Swift Spear and a Tarkus Command, which Red does already. So now I want to try to jam Delver into Zoo and play a Tarkus Command with Delver, and then maybe you play Vendillion Click. I don't know. I was messing around with all all different stuff, tribal versions. What I came down to is just that I want more one-drops and cards that deal three damage for one mana. Uh, I don't really want to play two-drops, because in aggro strategies, I think that subsequently the creatures become less powerful each turn you play them. So even though Piledriver is good... Unless you're playing, like, Tarmogoyf, which is, like, the best blue creature that's not blue ever. Like, I just...
0: Right. I mean, I guess what I have to say with Driver is the Goblin decks were already like that. The Goblin deck that has existed in Modern was literally almost, I think, mono one-drops. And so, adding the two-drop that I think would eventually probably see play similar to how Ravager sees play in Affinity, where, like, normally I'm going wide with all my two-drops, but I also have a few one-drops that can pierce right through you and deal, like... Fifteen damage in one swing to you is why it would be important to the strategy because it gives it, as we mentioned earlier, a versatile, different line of attack that the deck normally doesn't have. That being, I have a threat you have to block.
2: That's fair. I mean, it is fair that it gets it gets really big. It I just think that real that's, big. <laughs> it's just curve is so paramount in creature-based strategies, so much so that like, Merfolk plays Coral Helm Commander and Curse Catcher doesn't, over Murfolk Sovereign. Like
0: it doesn't play Coral Helm Commander.
2: I mean, even then, and that's a potential lord, but like an actual lord, another merfolk lord that can be playing on the three drop. Right. They just don't play it for sake of because they
0: need. Well, they need the lords need to have powerful effects. So, like the only three drop lords that it plays is Mirror Regery. and that's because it does a lot. <laughs> <It taps> things, <laughs> does yeah. a lot of work. Um, but with goblins, I do think if Piledriver sees play, it'll be always next to Rabblemaster. I think in modern, this might be the card. Pile Driver being introduced does more to help Rabble Master see more play in the format than it does to actually see, propel itself to seeing play by itself. Because very- those two cards together are very powerful. The fact that you now have a advantage engine in Goblins plus a a, linea- a linear threat in Goblins plus the already wide threat that it already was offering to the format. Um, but we'll see. I guess that's, that's kind of where I, I'm on. Any other comments on driver, Adrian?
1: I guess there's, there's a reason that a lot of these Zoo decks don't really play Flint Hoof Bore. Um, because if it comes down, it's not really going wide. And whenever you want to be playing... I, I mean, my personal opinion, if I'm playing aggro, I typically want to be going really wide. Right. And I want to be playing multiple threats. That way, I can become immense another creature that's not blocked. And pile driver is just gonna run into a wall. It's gonna run into a turn two, turn three Tassiger. You know, I, right. it's just it has no evasion. It can't come down late. I think Flit four is still better, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, because the haste <laughs> is super viable on it. Right. There's as I'm. I'm not exci- I I'm not excited because I don't think it goes into this deck.
0: I guess I guess my aunt I I guess I'm playing devil's advocate on this point, but with the Tassiger comment or one of the big creatures, what this does offer is previous to this card being printed, goblins just get stone like brick walled. Like the go- like all of those goblins just like if I play Tassiger, they're like well I'm losing a creature every turn and you are just gaining advantage, pile driver forces them to chump block one of your creatures because and then they lose the advantage of having Tasker. Yes, you lose your pile driver, but now you still have all your two ones that are getting in there. So it offers at least the must kill threat that Goblins has never had. Like the best maybe was Warren Instigator, which is just not doing anything.
2: I mean, on the draw, like on the draw against the deck that plays lingering souls, what do you even do? They just play lingering souls. You're like, I'll, jump block forever. I'll just attack with my huge pile. driver.
0: There's a what's it called the the goblin that gives everything like eight different keyword abilities. Oh
2: yeah, Legion loyalist. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> oh wow, yeah, Legion loyalist might actually be seeing a lot more play now. Th- yeah, that's
0: th- the- does, does Legion loyalist mm-hmm. give trample? Yeah. Uh-oh, well then, yeah. there you go. There's the answer. Pile yeah. And they fix. can't
1: block with tokens, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, they
1: can't block. Uh, that that card might, is insane.
2: That might be a different... Yeah, yeah, Legion Loyalist is definitely good. I mean, I I played against, like, Mono Red Goblins at a PTQ a couple years ago, and I, I mean, the deck was fine. Like, it, it was...
0: Oh, wow, I kind of forgot that card existed. No, Legion Loyalist makes is Pile Driver me? great.
1: What? Did you play against me? Devil, <laughs> devil. I've, I've, played, I've played Goblins before at a PTQ. It like... was kind of a, a challenge from a buddy of mine... Um he was—he really likes goblins. I don't know what it is. You either really like goblins or you really hate goblins. Anyways, he he <laughs> challenged me to make him a deck, and, or to make a deck that was goblins, and it does really well. But I never once was like, man, if only I had Goblin Pile Driver in this deck. I was always like, man, if only I had Goblin Lackey in this deck. Right,
0: right, right. Well, there is
1: that. Yeah, there is that.
0: Um, I mean, you have you have Aether Vial and you have Ward Instigator, which like aren't the best aren't as good as Goblin Lackey, do not get me wrong, because you're not sneaking in, like, Siege Gang Commanders on turn two. Right. Um, but I do think, I think this puts the Goblin deck into the right direction of just having another tier one tribal, or at least top tier, tier two, tier one, tier maybe upper three tribal deck into the format.
2: I love how easily you forget card names, Alex, because, like, when we were just discussing Goblins, like, before the show, I was like, oh, yeah, Legion Loyalist. You're like, yeah, Legion Loyalist is pretty good. And then, like on the show, you're like, "Oh, Legion of Loyalist! I forgot that
0: card existed." Well, I forgot it gave Trample. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I, I th- for some reason, I thought it was like can't be blocked by tokens for a strike or something like there's that. There's another and
2: one like... I think that I'm forgetting. That's like there's a similar card I think because I, I was when I was when I was reading it, I was like, "Oh yeah, this card does all that sweet stuff." Like, anyway, um, jump me back in. So let's uh, let's talk Zoo. Let's talk how yeah. the deck actually works from the uh, the guy that plays a lot of Zoo.
0: So, so, yeah, I guess the first question, we're going we're gonna to just ask you questions, Adrian, and you're going to explain Zoo to the world, because it sounds right, like you have it. the most experience. What is Zoo? Why is it called Zoo? What's it do? What cards are in it?
1: <laughs> All right, so Zoo, I guess there's there's three different types of Zoo, maybe four. Um, the one that I'm, I, I play most often is, is the lower end, kind of low-to-the-ground aggro Zoo. Um, it's really one-drops, it's just really explosive. It's capable of dealing upwards of like 15 plus damage on turn three with the Tarkus command. You usually play around 19 lands with it, but uh, Chalice of the Void is definitely a headache against that. Right. <laughs> um, then we have you have the Naya Burn, which is it's a little bit more creature centric than the Burn deck. Um, it's just playing a few good one drops, maybe three, three four sets of like really good one drops, and just a lot of to the dome burn. Then you have like um what I've always heard it I don't know what the actual name of the deck is but I've always heard it as Big Kid Zoo. It's the it's the zoo that it's the zoo deck that runs like Knight of the Reliquary, um oh. Cazali, Pride Mage, Scooz, Luxon Smiter.
0: When, when I've heard about that deck a lot of the time it's ref, it's more referred to as the Naya the like the Naya midrange versus Zoo, which is Naya colors but like it's such a specific strategy that it got to keep its name. And right. Zoo fits because there's a bunch of cats, <laughs> like wild animals in the deck, I guess. But, like, in general, that, like, the mid-rangey versions are the ones that get the Naya name to kind of compare itself to Jund and Abzan.
1: Right. Yeah, you'll, that you'll, that deck used to run um, Domy raid, but it recently got replaced with a Collected Company.
0: Correct. Though I've seen, I've actually seen some lists online playing Domy raids again.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, Ritzel
1: and someone else
2: just played a Collected Company, in the Zoo at the GP. And right. Got like ninth with it or tenth with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was a similar like. It's a similar old zoo shell, it just played collected Company. And Kibler, I mean, you could basically Brian Kibler's is, is like synonymous with all these decks. Like I especially the ones that play powerful two and three drop creatures. That's kinda his thing. Green creatures on turns two and three that are very powerful. So Knight and like Quasali Pride Mage and Nakata like he those are his favorite cards. Um you can almost just associate Ryan Kibler with those strategies. So
0: yeah, I guess I guess before we get into like and, and I guess okay finish off what are the like what are some of the other different types of zoo? Uh, Alright, and dogs? then
1: and then the final one that that I've been piloting recently is like the Naya tribal or Naya Domain, which is really just playing Snapcaster Mage and Tribal Flames. And Tribal uh, Flames,
0: for those who don't know, is is it does damage it has domain and it does damage equal to domain. So it does damage to a player if you have one of each of the different type of basic land types. So you have an island, swamp, mountain, forest in play. It will do five damage to a player for two so mana, which is like good. crazy good rate for a burn spell. Yeah.
2: So so let's let's just go through it really quickly, Adrian, because uh, before we start teching the deck out, because probably as listeners, you're probably listening to this and you're going, "Oh, all those cards are sweet. I want to play all those cards in my zoo deck." Right. Um, if you sit down and you are like, "I'm gonna make this uh, this this like efficient, aggressive deck with the best cheap creatures and burn." You basically go through the, the motions where you're like, okay, well, there's this card and this card. They're all different colors. Oh, well, I should play this color. Oh, I may as well play the fifth card. If I'm going to do that, I'll play Travel Flames. Oh, if I'm going to play Travel Flames, I should play Snapcaster. If I'm going to play Snapcaster, I should play more sweet spells. Right. Like, I should be playing Helix and Bolt. And then you're basically like, my list is 85 cards. Which, <laughs> of these, which of these things do I do? And do I lose all of my life by turn? Like, do I go to
0: 14 on turn two? Well, or no, but they have an answer to that now. So... Okay, so before we get into this conversation, I do want to kind of explain to the world what Zoo is on a base level. Which, Zoo is a deck that is playing cards like Wild Nactal, playing cards like like efficient mana equals, you know, versus power toughness is like heavily skewed towards power and toughness for the rate you're getting. It's an aggro deck. It attacks on the ground. Most of its creatures are green, red, and white, though now we're talking about Tribal Zoo. Now back to what you were talking about, the life total problem the, the newest tech on the field is Death Shadow.
2: Oh, Death Shadow. Which too. is
0: one black for a 13 13, but it gets minus X minus X equal to your life total. So if you do a bunch of damage to yourself, with, especially because Tribal you will do that because all your lands come in and do damage to you. Assuming you know, this, they this get
2: like, version plays Probe too, probably at that point. Uh, I
0: think it was playing either Probe or the 3 2 that has Fear or whatever that you sure. can uh, cycle to gain life. Um, yeah, no, That's Sweet. But yeah, continue with, with what you guys are talking about.
2: Well, the point was just, essentially, there's a lot of options. It's hard to wade through and figure out which what the most efficient best version is. And the point is, like, you want to play all of... Like, you want to play Delver, and you want to play Goblin Guide, and you want to play Nakadal.
0: I don't think Delver's great in the deck, because you are mostly creatures.
1: Well, you're upwards of 22 creatures, usually.
0: So, like, Delver becomes way looser in that deck than normal. Where, like... That's why Nactyl is good because Nactyl can be Nacodle, uh, can be a three-three for one without having to jump through hoops.
2: I guess my point is you so you can go heavy creatures or you can start to be like, well, the other best creature that I can play on turn one is Delver of Secrets, and all these sweet spells are in this deck. Why don't I just play Nacodle and Delver and some other Probably cards? Like
0: a, a, a tribal flames yeah. Delver deck. Yeah, I, 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 but is... I don't think that's Zoo. I think that's Delver with Tribal Flames. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying.
2: It's, it's very easy to get confused and, and sort of misbuild or just get really creative with your deck. So so Adrian, what's your favorite version?
1: Okay, so yeah, my, my favorite version and the one I'm, I've had the most ex- success with is the lower ends like Nia Zoo one drops um, where we always are going to be running four Curd Ape, four Wild Nakado, four Goblin Guide, four Monastery Swiss Spear. Usually, from this point, we change up. We can add Experiment 1. We can add Tarmagois if we feel like it's necessary. Um, I don't play Burning Tree Emissary, but I know a lot of people that do play Burning Tree Emissary. I've never been very fond of the card. But those, that's usually where you start when you're going with the lower end. From that point, you can add in Gore Clans. You can add in more Atarkas Commands, um, Become Immenses, Path to Exiles. It just really depends on your playstyle and what you want to be doing. Um, I've, I've just, I like to have some removal in my hand, so I like to play some paths, I like to play some, you know, some, some sort of evasion, uh, usually mutagenic growth is, is one of those cards that goes in there, it just, when you're playing all of that, it definitely makes your burn matchup a lot worse.
0: Right, right, right,
1: Makes sense.
0: But you also, but I mean, this, this is a deck that also, because it's playing white and pretty, like can be pretty leaning on it. You can get stuff like Core Firewalker. There are really good cyborg cards against that matchup, and you're racing them. Like, I mean, one I've talked about, when you're, like, one of the nice things that do does do is it's very proactive. And so the hate cards you get, you capitalize on way harder than, like, a control deck or, like, an Abzan deck. You're like, okay, I played my Stony Silence, but, but I'm still not going to kill you for six turns, which lets you draw six cards that might let you draw into the reason to get rid of my Stony Silence. With Zoo, it's like, okay, I played a Act on turn one, and now I played Stony Science, so you're not going to do anything for the next three turns, and I'm going to be beating your face in. So, like, it definitely at least capitalizes on your hate cards.
2: You just get a good threat on turn one a lot of the time.
0: I mean, and that's,
2: that's like, you can probably relate to this. Adrian, like, if you're brewing any number of decks in the modern format, essentially, like, your nut draw is usually going to be, like, what's the best thing I can have on turn one? Unless you're combo-centric, in which case, like, often they'll go off on turn two. But, like, mm-hmm. a lot of these decks, it's, like, I... Play something sweet on turn one. What's the what's the highest density of threats so I can have redundancy to play that sweet thing on turn one, um, and that's I mean, kind of like how like what's the the ideal turn one is what Nacodle? That's that's what you. Oh want?
1: yeah, it's it's always Nacodle. You wanna you wanna play Nacodle out if you're if but if you're playing Experiment One, you definitely want Experiment One. Um, but, turn one, yeah. Yeah, turn one. Uh, Experiment One is just great because he comes out and he could be a three three really easy um
0: literally turn like turn two because you play goblin guide and the or you play any like low any of the there are so many cards you can play on turn two, oh, yeah. like that are one he, drops he, that like instantly he becomes a three three
1: mm-hmm. he bumps really easy and really nice um so i guess when, when i'm playing this deck i really want to see either a bolt or a path in that hand but i really want to see wild nakado goblin guide and monastery swiss spear because i okay. want to be able to go nakado first into a goblin guide into a swiss spear crack
0: Right, because... That's then, the best. Yeah. yeah. And then on the next turn, you're bolting them, either doing damage and pumping Swiss Spear or killing a creature and getting Atarca's it out A target It's
1: usually what you want on yeah. turn
0: three. That's... Yeah, no, it's, I mean, like, it's definitely a powerful deck. Uh, I mean, and historically it has been. So, like, this is a deck that was banned out of Modern originally. In the first six months of the format, Nactyl was banned out of it. uh, And then, like, in later versions of bannings, you know, Bloodbraid Off was a card that was in Zoo and is no longer because it's banned. Um... This is a deck that Wizards was really afraid of, and then they unbanned Naptal, and it kind of has been on the edges of of good. It's definitely Tier 2, but, like, it, as we mentioned earlier, it does suffer from the problem that it is really just trying to attack them. And Modern, it doesn't have, like, a game plan B of somehow going above their head or getting infinite life or doing infinite damage or, you know, attack, you know, creating a Crater Hoof Behemoth or some other combo win that could happen for them.
1: So one thing that really, really hurts this deck, and I know that a lot of people argue about the whole cracking fetches and lowering the land count in your deck. I actually think, because we're only playing 19 lands whenever we play this deck, and we're cracking fetches and we're lowering that that count really, really low. So we only ever see about, if we're lucky, three lands in, in a game. Right. Um, so we really have to use our mana really efficiently, and we have to think ahead whenever we're playing this deck. There's just there's a lot of issues that rise with mana because we need to have specific lands to make because there's there's a synergy going on between sacred foundries and stomping grounds with our wild nekottles and our curd apes and our loam lions if if you play loam um, line that's why we don't see um oh goodness, what's that card? Sandstep links? Uh,
0: step yeah, links. step links.
1: Yeah, that, uh, step links. That's why we don't see that card anymore. Because yep. that, that land count is just super low. Right. Makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, Look. but Cat
0: Tribal, you can just play Lone lion, that, the coddle and the and Cavern of Souls is really good. <laughs> really? Cat Tribal's a thing? No, I mean, that's <laughs> a joke. Though, I mean, like, if you're, like, worried about counterspells from a zoo deck perspective, counting your creatures, which I don't know why you would be, Cavern... Like, you can lean towards mostly cats.
2: It's so bad with Nacatl though,
0: Cavern. It's horrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. I
1: don't I don't know if you'd ever actually want to play Cavern of Souls. No, I,
0: I I mean, there aren't good counterspells against Zoo in the format anyways. You're playing it's a bunch on of one-drops. How good is Remand and Mana League against Zoo? Which is, they're not. It's on record, can we? Alex. Can
1: we do this? Can we, like, we should join our podcast, and we should just brew up the best cat tribal deck that we can.
0: I'm, yeah. I'm down, Sanctu- then we can challenge. I'm talking challenge.
1: sanctuary cats, black cats, <laughs> Everything.
0: There's some sweet changelings. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: man, we get access to uh, a Johnny Caller of yeah. Pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That...
0: Every, every card has to be a cat. I'm down. We get access to moth to mop dust. Changeling. I know. I know. Tolarian Academy. Uh, those guys are also interested in, in attacking the format with cat tribal. <laughs> Work on cats. We, we have to do this. It's the white. I mean, like to be totally honest, it's kind of the white tribal deck, and white doesn't have. <laughs> like it's the one, it's the one tribe that doesn't see any love. We are, we have then goblins,
2: elves, <laughs> Let's talk about let's talk about the gauntlet. I want to talk about how this deck matches up. So we're we are referring to the 22 creature, uh, 19 land version that you are referring to here, with uh, largely one drops and a darkest command and burn and path. Um, let's talk about how it matches up against the black green decks. So first we have jund slash abzan. I mean we can just sort of.
0: Lump together. them together. Yeah.
1: So so game one would be really I mean we anytime we're playing this deck, we wanna be on the play. We always wanna be on the play because of most of the time it's gonna go we win game one, lose game two, win game three. Um you really wanna if you're if you're in a meta that has a lot of a lot of these black green base decks, you wanna have Vines of the Vastwood in your sideboard. Uh the the card is just fantastic. The the kicker on it, being able to crack in for more damage. But being able to protect yourself from abrupt decay is huge. Uh, we don't really care about Liliana, but we do have an issue with Lingering Souls. And this has caused me to play a one of Engineered Explosives in the deck. Just because I there in my meta get around. Yeah, in my meta there's just a lot of junk. Right. Or uh, Abzan. Have we decided yet if we're calling them by by the new names or the old names?
2: I think they go with the new names. It seems like every time every time they try to introduce these things. I mean, when they tried to introduce all the things in cons, I was like, I refused, and then now I just
0: I think of them. I mean, I don't. I'm not really on board yet with like Mardu. I think I think Mardu and well, the reason you're not on board with Mardu is because there are no Mardu decks. But I, I think Mardu, Sultai, and um, Jeskai Jeskai will survive. I'm interested to see if Abzan does. Because if you look at, like, Blue-White, no one refers to Blue-White or Green-White. I mean, Green-White as Selesnya no one refers to, and no one refers to Blue-White as Azorius. I don't want everyone to be like, oh, I'm playing Azorius today. They're yeah. like, I'm playing Blue-White. So, like, it's weird. Abzan is just awkward enough to say, and Junk is just so much easier to say, that I can imagine Junk surviving a little bit well, longer. Well, it's,
1: it's the reason Rug is still... Said instead of teamer because right Because i feel like rug just rolls off the off the tongue a little bit better correct but anyways um sorry
0: oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i think i think we usually have a really good matchup against these black green decks um they hurt themselves really really fast and they they kind of help you along they get themselves to 15 15 you know ne- below 15 life really easily because they're just trying to handle your your onslaught and usually we're able to go wide enough to where we can we can really just start cracking in for damage. And, and what happens typically is I play a few Boros Charms or Lightning Helixes or some sort of burn in my sideboard, and I always bring those in because just to help them along to killing them themselves, you know?
0: Right. Um, so I guess the next uh, ramp deck, so Tron and Amulet of Vigor. How does uh, Zoo do against those?
1: So they're very different uh, when it comes to, to how the Zoo deck handles them. Tron is a lot easier for us to handle. Uh Wormcoil Engine is is the card that we're we're least wanting to see if we don't have a path to exile in our hand. We just right. can't we just can't beat Wormcoil Engine if we don't have path. I mean you can Atarkus command to prevent the life gain, but it's some I mean that's that's so corner case and it doesn't typically happen where you have an atarkus command. Right. I, I mean you can't always bank on that. So we're fast enough to deal with it. If they tap out to play a Chromatic Sphere in game two or three, we usually have Destructive Revelry or Ancient Grudge. Um, by the way, Destructive Revelry is pretty much the best card in the sideboard for this deck.
0: That makes sense. It, it answers a lot of the cards you have problems with Ooh, while also doing card. some damage to them and doing going along with the game plan.
1: Cards. Everybody Good. invest. Invest in your Destructive Revelries now. It's is, is uncommon it? but maybe get uh maybe, maybe get your foils <laughs> nope just buy them all, buy them all.
0: <laughs> let's uh let's hate them out let's let's cause a spike we'll let's spec spike. yeah <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll spike them up yep. uh amulet though on the other hand it's not good it's it you would think it'd be a lot better for us but Without, it's really yep. yeah i i mean it's it's a really rough matchup because as soon as that i mean but it's, that's that's saying as soon as a prime time lands for for amulet you're done but I mean, that, I guess that's with most decks. Uh, I I always have an, an issue with this matchup. It's have you? Not as,
0: sorry, continue.
1: No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, have you considered playing uh, Spellskite's sideboard for this matchup?
1: Uh, I've never actually considered playing Spellskite. So
0: the what Spellskite does in the matchup is it makes it so primetime is not nearly as deadly on turn two. Because it stops both of the lands that pump it and give it haste.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
0: And yeah. spellskites also sweet in the format. I'm I As hate I myself for saying it. Spellskites, <laughs> best card in modern. I always say it.
1: It's so good.
0: <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, continue.
1: So yeah, amulets. Amulets definitely iffy. Uh, they're they are fast enough to usually deal with our our onslaught, but bring spellskites. Buy your spellskites, folks.
0: Yeah, that's that's. I, I said this last week, and I'll say it again, and it makes me unhappy. So. I don't know how many of the episodes you listen to our podcast, but Ben is very, very much on the Kool Aid side of uh, Spellskite, and I accidentally did not put it in the top five of our top artifacts in modern episode. put it in your top five? It was. I think it was five. Did it I know I didn't. I, it was a mistake. I regret it. Spear Superior in that list? No, no, no. no.
2: I, I think I called Spellskite. This is right before banning. I think you I... called
0: it number one. Over. I think you called it number one, but jokingly over birthing pod. Well, yeah, well, it's because Pod hadn't
2: been banned. With Pod banned, it definitely is the number one artifact in Modern. Yeah, b- for b- sure. But before Pod was banned, I think I
0: put it at number two. So, but, since then, I've come to realize that it actually might, even, and, like, I'm going on record now saying this, it might be the best card in Modern. It is the best card in <laughs> Modern. It's the best, in, like, it's the
2: best against the most decks and playable in every deck. And if you, you could actually build your deck to be a good Spellskite deck. It's not, like... I talk about this all the time. If you start with four spellskites, what direction do you go from there? Because there's some there are some things like you can build a Doran deck, for instance, and you're like, okay, now all my spellskites. We go on just- this
0: tangent every episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so back to back to amulet. Yeah. So I was wrong. Spellskite might be the best card in modern, in a format where the most versatile sideboard cards are important. Yes. Exactly. Spellskite might just be the most versatile. All right. So back, that, to, so back to back to amulet deck. Let's move on.
2: I was going to say, it's not that nuts against Amulet. It's good against Amulet, but it doesn't do anything other than just... T-
0: well, but I guess the reason I brought it up here is my general understanding is Zoo needs decks to stumble, and Spellskite makes it so Amulet stumbles.
2: They can get Radiant Fountain and bounce it and get it into play again, which is bad for you. Um,
0: yeah, but 4-Life is way worse than... a What is it? 18-18 Trample? No, no, no question.
2: It's just like that, that card, that... When, when that deck, even if you are able to redirect the triggers, like, when that deck kind of can get going and then each turn, like, you're attacking and you're trying to get ahead on life, but they're gaining four right. or six life a turn off one land and they're bouncing and be playing over and over again.
0: Right, but, I mean, you have, I, you have Nactyl as a double block. Like, you can double block the Titan now because it doesn't have double strike. The yeah, fact that it doesn't have double strike is a, is, like, I'm assuming, and, like, you can correct me, but that's the biggest problem you have with the matchup.
1: I need to I need to live in the world where I can get two wild nacodles out because that never <laughs> happens to me. <be. laughs>
0: yeah, but like the thing with the thing with like amulet is they don't have any answers. They have one answer in the entire seventy five.
1: They have slaughter
0: Yeah, they have, but they don't. They play one main, and I they maybe play a second one side.
2: Yeah. Oh my god! I just had the sweetest realization. The whole the Doran tech against the prime time when they're pumping it. <laughs> Oh yeah, just sweet. <laughs> it just doesn't do anything. <laughs> it just doesn't
0: do anything. Well, okay, but <laughs> all right. So Emil different decks, obviously. Uh, how about some of the aggro decks in the format? So Affinity, Merfolk.
1: Oh man. So okay, um, Affinity can be really good and can be really bad for us. I let, yesterday, like I was saying, I was playing in that Masters of Modern or not Masters, of- Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night Modern. Um, I ran into two Affinity decks in top eight. And it's not a good matchup for us. One of the things that that we haven't talked about that really really benefits uh, our deck is the fact that we can play pyroclasm really easily.
0: Right, because everything are three threes.
1: Yes, nothing's. Or it's extras. not awkward at all. We don't wipe our own board, and we're usually really, we're just capable of. We just really want to see a pyroclasm against affinity. We do right. have destructive ovaries, but it's usually a little slow. Um, you want to see it on like an arcbound ravager, but I mean I. I I definitely think I eked by it a few times yesterday. I, you know that, that awkward hand where they play Glimmer Void, Memnite, Ornithopter, Ornithopter, etc., etc.?
0: Right. <laughs>
1: wiping, the, wiping their board and then they have to sack that Glimmer Void is like the best thing in the world, by the way. It, it's, it can be really... It's usually a race and we have to use our burn spells to kind of put that race into our favor by, by hitting their creatures. And, and usually we don't want to be burning their creatures. We want to be burning them. But when we play against that deck, we have to use our removal on their creatures.
0: Right. We we often talk about an article by Michael Flores uh, called uh, "Who's the Beatdown." And oh, and- yeah,
1: actually, I to have, do. You guys have you guys promoted that a lot because that that article was like the defining moment for me getting into competitive Magic. Well, there's
2: there's see, we've we have talked about it. The original article that he wrote is great. There's also been like five or six versions. Zvi Mushowitz wrote like an update a few yeah that later. W- those
0: are the two like when you talk to people the the two important ones are the one that he originally wrote and then Zvi was nah, I can never say his yeah, name, Zvi- but his...
2: There, there's like several others that have all been pretty interesting over the years where right. people talk about them I don't like when people get into like weird percentage gradients and things like that it's just it's just like I'm not interested in reading that mm. but what is interesting are when you take practical examples from certain standard formats and talk about there's one that someone wrote at one point talking about fairies I don't remember who wrote it. But it's back in lore when Mafarius was in standard. And it's the idea that that deck was just a bunch of cards that were like reactive, play end of turn, counterspell. And I'm just going to like get in for two each turn with my Bitter Blossom tokens. But the premise being that obviously you just stop using them for their utility and they're just 1-1 flyers that you're just going to kill with. When do you switch into that mode?
0: The reason I do bring that article up is if you look at the Zoo versus Affinity matchup... Zoo slowly becomes the control deck versus the beatdown matchup, and Zoo is not good at that. Like, what it really comes down to is your lightning... Like, you you trying to control what Affinity is doing, Affinity is just going to still kind of do its game plan because it's already resistant to most spot removal, and you trying to stop them and then trying to attack them at the same time definitely weakens your game plan. It's fair, yeah. Your control cards aren't really very good.
1: Yeah, I... I mean, the one-for-oneing with them isn't isn't good, especially because they're they, they usually just sprawl out on the board. Uh, so game one isn't good at all. Uh, but it goes that way with with most of the other aggro decks. It's it's we we have a hard time with other aggro decks. Burn is really good against us because we always knock ourselves down to about fifteen to fourteen life right. on like the first two turns, and they just kind of help us along and finish us off. Uh, Infect is another aggro deck that's that's really bad for us. Um, sometimes we we, we have their removal but we just a lot of times they're faster a lot of these decks are just right better at doing better at killing than we are and we have to we have to like i like you guys are saying we have to fall back into this control this awkward like control deck tempo deck and we're not very good at it and
0: and, and i mean like the benefit of playing zoo i would imagine is You get blown out less easily than some of these decks against the, like, mid-range, like, Tron or Control decks, where, like, they, like, like, in fact, dies to a deck that's, like, Snapcaster, Lightning Bolt, and, like, Path, like, all three in the same deck, because it's just, like, well, I only have eight, you know, 12 threats in my entire deck, and you have 15 to 20 removal spells, (laughs) so, like that's where well with zoo like you only have 19 lands your entire deck is made out of you know three three or bigger threats like your deck definitely plays against the mid-range control decks better but i can definitely see why it's much looser against the aggro side of the format
1: yeah and then whenever we're playing against infect we have to take such awkward lines to try to beat them like using vines of basswood on their creatures i mean right there's there's so many things that are just we it's just a really awkward game (laughs) And uh, I, 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 personally, I hate to see it when if I'm playing Zoo and and Infect is across from me, but why don't it's, you just
0: play uh, Maliras in the sideboard? <laughs>
1: there you, what am I doing? That's what I should be well, doing.
0: Well, actually, I mean, if we really want to bring it down, this is another matchup spell schedule. Going against. <laughs>
1: uh. I can't deal with this. You guys love spell sky too much. I'm not a good... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Say okay, great. Like Other people.
0: Alex. I like that
2: Alex is on the train.
0: Finally. Uh, all right, uh, and. <laughs> Uh, I actually I don't know I forgot to put this on the list but so the combo deck uh, Splinter Twin how how is your Splinter Twin matchup?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, you have two but path so, exiles. So I've been playing against uh, I have a buddy of mine who's on the podcast with me his name's uh, Ed Edward Green you can find him on Twitter at e, at egreen forty four or something I don't know his Twitter anyways I play against him all the time in finals in FNM and um, God. Dang it, I cannot beat <laughs> I cannot beat Splinter Twin. I have Vines of Basswood, I have Path to Exiles, I have Rending Volleys, and I just never see them. But this is why our sideboard is so so you know, very very equipped to deal with Splinter Twin. Um, it's just it's it's not great, but it's not terrible. So right. I, think, I, heavily, I think it's gonna
2: be heavily heavily dependent on who goes first, right?
1: Yeah, oh big time, big time. So it's definitely one of those decks where you, or one of those decks where you're going to take out your lightning helixes and sometimes even some bolts to put in room for those rending volleys. But right. You have to play the the game a lot slower, because um, you can go two routes. You can go the the whole disruption of the combo, or you can go kind of the the slower burn route and just really hope that they don't splinter twin you. Right. It's 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 not good. It's 50-50, I would say, but. It's good if you're attacking. I, I would still play Zoo if your meta is full of Swinter Twin.
0: So, yeah, that's kind of the gauntlet. Is there, I guess, are there any decks specifically that we kind of forgot to mention that are Murpho. either Murpho? Oh, yeah. Murpho. Oh, okay. my
1: God. So, uh, I was in a PPTQ last Saturday. I, uh, I man, I, I lost on my own accord. I was, just, I was just playing really terrible. You ever played a Goblin Guide and Forget to Swing with it? <laughs> no. Yeah. There's usually, there's usually
2: one part of that that you for that your opponent forgets it's usually not usually you attacking them. yeah
1: it was uh it was not a good day for for me but so merfolk and scapeshift turn out to be really bad matchups for us because obstin and Bayloth and just blue decks and like just decks that play a lot of creatures that are bigger than ours are really bad right so um other Collected Company decks, Abzan Collected Company, the Elves Collected Company, and Merfolk. I Have you guys been seeing people splashing blue for Collected Company and Merfolk lately?
0: Green, but yes. We, we've, we've talked yeah. about it, yeah. Prior
1: or, to the podcast yeah, today, to green,
2: I, I, told, I told Alex on on Saturday, or Sunday, the PPTQ coming up, I might just jam four companies into Merfolk. Do you think that it's possible to, to uh, throw a couple of uh, Kira's in the, followers in there as well because they interact so well with Ethervile, or do you think you just, like, flame out of cards too fast to even worry about I,
1: I would i wouldn't i wouldn't splash for the curious followers i would honestly just splash for the collective company yeah maybe uh just I, I just wouldn't make the deck more inconsistent i but I'm, I'm i'm one of those guys that just really likes consistency in my deck so i always play a lot of four ofs
2: the cynic charm becomes or i'm sorry does vapor snag become cynic charm do you think because it's like uh
1: yes i have i so from what we tested it simic charm was really really good yeah it seems but, like it but I, I'm a big fan of Simic Charm. I was playing Rugged Elver for a long time. and But I could have a whole conversation about Rugged Elver. I love Disruption Shoal. That's awesome. Um,
0: um,
1: so, But any time that we have decks that are playing creatures that are bigger than ours, and a lot of them, we, we're in a really bad spot. Uh, Kitchen Finks is a, a huge issue. So any of those Collective Company decks are just really bad for us. We have to spot removal to Birds of Paradise or any sort of dorks that they're playing. Um, and it just... To be, to put it frankly, it sucks. Right. It just, it's not good.
0: No, it definitely, it definitely seems like Collective Company might be really well positioned right now, just from the fact that, which I guess it is, because then that's why Elves want a GP. But like, it offers so much value in a format that value is king.
1: Yeah. I. Um, doesn't it make a lot of sense now why Birthing Pod got banned?
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Certainly.
2: laughs> um, sweet. Well, that pretty much wraps up the Gauntlet for us. Yep. Um we have a few letters. Yeah, that so we last to read on the podcast. Last
0: week I told everyone to email us in for the first time and we've been we have an email apparently it's uh the rocketjump.com. uh and people wrote in and so they had some questions and uh us and Adrian are going to answer those questions hopefully for them and they uh hope the advice works out and if you guys want us to read your emails send them in and we'll read them and I generally respond but once in a few while we'll probably do like a letter section at the end of an episode. Uh so first from Sammy Albus, I hope you said your name right, and if I say anyone's name right, I apolog- wrong, I apologize. Uh, he has asked us, he has built an Is It Blitz deck, modern deck, in, from Theros Block that cost about $35, just to test the waters of the format. I am now ready to invest much more money so I can compete in some local tournaments. The deck has a play set of Kiln Fiends, Nivik Cyclops, Assault Strobe, and Artful Dodge. I have two Wii Dragonauts. Two, but I, I kept them in the sideboard a lot. I'm curious to see what other cards I can add to the deck to make it more competitive. Any construction, constructive advice will be appreciated.
2: Well, this is sweet because uh, I love Kill and Fiend. And when Modern <laughs> was like spoiled years ago, I was working really hard trying to make a Kill and Fiend deck work. Um, there are some interesting cards for sure you can try to play. I mean, the, the best thing to do is look at Blue Red Delver decks. Because a lot of what you're trying to do is what they're trying to do. They're just trying to do it in a little bit more a little less combo way than you are. Um, I mean, Delver probably is just good in what you're doing if you're going to play as many spells as it sounds like you're going to have to play.
0: I don't know if – like, in this kind of deck, I was actually thinking about this. I do like the – I do think you need to bring in Monastery Swift Spears. I think you need to yeah. bring in – like, now that they're printing cards with basically Kilnfiend's mechanic, yeah. like, as a staple yeah. keyword of the of magic, like, there's going to be more efficient threats of that type of variety printed. I also think if you look at decks like Infect and Storm, you can see a lot of interesting ways to maybe play around the deck. Like, adding – if you want to go full combo, playing stuff out of, like, the Storm deck where you're, like, cantriping and using um, Manamorphose to kind of chain into better spells. Getaxian Probe. Probe can be really interesting in the deck. Um, and oh. then... I don't think you can play Nivix Cyclops. I just, I, I just think it's, a three drop that doesn't do it. Yeah, it I just agree. costs three. I just I don't think, think you can get away with it. Yeah.
1: So I actually, I, I have a list here, um, from a, from a buddy of mine. His name's Kev Dewey. He's on Reddit and the, the Modern subreddit, and he posts up, uh, like a budget Modern thing every week, and he's actually there's a couple three one lists that, that are called. I guess they're calling it Blistering Rage. Have okay. you guys seen? And it's running uh, the the it runs only twelve creatures, it's four blister coil weirds, yeah. four kiln fiends, four swiss Spears. So he can be running, you know, you can you can throw in the desperate rituals, the Metamorphose, and really just crack your opponent for like a ridiculous amount of damage. Right. I, I like and I prefer mutagenic growth in that deck. I don't know if, Yeah. have you guys ever played this?
0: I, I've never played the list. I've seen lists similar to it in the past.
2: Yeah, I've seen similar to it in the past. I mean also, um, there's the blister coil weird the blister coil weird combo deck from a few years ago that got posted on the mothership with Paradise. Oh, is that the Man- one with Paradise it, Mantle. It
1: Oh yeah, okay, okay.
2: Um with, with Paradise Mantle and all of the, like the uh, the wisps. And he would just every time he untaps, then he makes a mana, and he casts a wisp, but he targets him, and he untaps again. It's like all
0: one drops. It, that I think is just just guy sentency. Now I think the just guy sentency deck just does what that deck was trying to do just way better. Almost yeah, probably. Except um, that
2: this one could win pretty consistently
0: with. I wouldn't say consistently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the, all the Those time. would be the worst ideas. But yeah, uh, Sammy, I think the best way to kind of take these decks is to look at other powerful decks that are in the format and lean towards either one of their game plans. Either lean towards Delver and become a little bit more tempo-y by playing good removal spells and good pr- like counter magic to protect your creatures, um, like Remand and um, Dispel. Uh, or go in the route of, like, just going super heavy on, like, comboe, like, how Infect goes about it, where it's like, I'm going to play a bunch of spells to pump my creature, but you can kind of take that, since you're blue-red, into a storm direction. That also lets you play some of the storm car- cards, like uh, Empty the Warrens, to let you kind of go wide in another direction. Um, so getting to the next email. I was, was going to say one uh, thing you do want to think about, because Kill is so it's so aggressive in terms of plus 3, plus
2: 0. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you do go in that direction of a bunch of free spells, mutagenic growths, so and Gitaxian probes, play the, um, I think it's called Hall of the Bandit Lord, the Haste Land. Oh, yeah. You
0: lose three life, and it gives a creature Haste.
2: It comes in play tapped, but often, like, you play that tapped on turn one, and then turn two, you just cast and Fiend and there's probably sequences of events in this deck where you just win on turn two. I mean, I'm not going to say that necessarily, but, like, wouldn't be surprised.
0: Like chaining a Gitaxian probe into... Other pump spells. and Yeah, I can imagine it happening.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe Spirit Guide or something. I, I don't know. It, w- it just wouldn't surprise me too much if there was a way to just win.
0: All right, Mike Bellew. And once again, I apologize I'm saying your names incorrectly. Uh, he's looking to get into Modern but have a very limited extra cash. I'm wondering if it's better to have a rogue deck I can build on the cheaper side and play that just to play in Modern or save money for a Tier 1 deck.
2: Interesting. Um, I mean... Saving money, like, what I will say is this. Uh, As a brewer, as somebody who likes to brew and use wacky cards, what usually happens is I build a budget list that is cheap to start, and as I continue to update that list and try to tune it to be competitive,
0: I just have to start adding expensive cards. One-for-one add cards that get... Like, for instance, if you're trying to play maybe Zoo, most of the cards in Zoo can be pretty inexpensive other than Tarmogoyfs, but, like, there is a real argument that you can probably get around... Playing tarmogars by playing scavenging oozes they're obviously not as good but they do a lot of the similar thing and they have a little bit more play against other decks and scavenging oozes right now is like six dollars so like but, there's
1: uh, also flint hook War.
0: yeah true yeah. true yeah that's an uncommon that i think it's worth probably 25 cents at this point
2: yeah there's there's a lot of inexpensive cards that you can that you can play in these decks do you generally speaking it's the lands and then a couple like if you're gonna play blue snapcast is really expensive If you're gonna play green tarmog is really expensive right. if you're gonna play black bob is expensive lands and then a lot of the other cards though your mana leaks and your your lightning bolts and your path to exiles they're all pretty cheap they're all pretty accessible i I
0: also think like right now in modern lands are the cheapest they will ever be in it for the rest of the format because right now the shock lands are are still haven't rebounded and haven't increased in price which will happen soon i recommend to everyone listening to get uh shock lands and fetch lands in general are really cheap right now and they might become even cheaper in the fall where the fact that like. Because all the fetch lands, and you can get away with just using fetch lands from Consblock, the allied fetch lands, in place of some of the cards you need uh, from Zendikar fetches. And even some of the, like, tier 2 fetch lands from Zendikar, the black-white one, red-white, are not that expensive. So yeah. right now is a really good time to invest in mana bases. And so I guess my advice to Mike would be invest in cards that are versatile. Like... A lot of times when I see people trying to get in the modern, their first step is like, oh, I'm going to do Affinity. Or, oh, I'm going to do Infect. Or, like, these decks that, like, the expensive cards are only good in that deck. Mm. And so by looking at decks and seeing like, okay, I want to play Zoo. Like, Zoo is not a bad place to start. And that's because a lot of these cards, even if... The, a lot of the expensive cards in Zoo are good in other decks. So if you decide to change your mind and play a different playstyle in modern, you can switch into those playstyles.
1: So... Uh, before, before you guys move on, can, can I chime in real quick? I have Please. two points. Okay. So I'm, I come from a smaller community where, where a lot of people are trying to dip their toes into modern and try it out. So there's always two decks that I, I highly recommend. For people that are just trying to fill out the format. That's mono green stompy, and you guys you guys have probably seen this list, right? With yeah. like Polonian Tuskers. It's a real budget list.
2: I played it against it at the PTQ two weeks ago. It's a sweet list. It's it's really bad against Spellskite, but
1: it's sweet. <laughs> it's it's definitely like not amazing, and it's not gonna it's not gonna win you a PT, uh, like a, a Pro Tour or anything anytime soon. Right. But I, I definitely recommend Mono Green Stompy and like the older burn with like Hellspark Elemental and 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 god what is that like thunderblust or something
0: right yeah
1: it's just it's a good way to get get into those modern like tournaments that are like happening at your fnm where you can just play and hopefully do 3-1 and from that point start building your building your collection um
0: well like and but, right now like eidolon's pro- like the cheapest it'll ever be so like now's a great time so to good. buy eidolon of great Revels because like that card's good and you can play like it's it's really the most ex- like the the most prolific rare after Goblin Guide in Burn. So like once you pick that up, getting the other cards isn't that hard in the long run. Right. And really paying attention in general, and this is for building modern collections, pay attention to rotation and pick up the cards that like I you know Domirade Raid doesn't see a lot of modern play, but I picked my play set up when it rotated because like eventually that's a card that has a power level high enough that could see play in the it format. Cost less than four. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's that that's where I would recommend. I'd say look at decks that are inexpensive. But have cards that are not that expensive right now, but could be expensive in the future.
1: And then the final thing is proxy out the decks that you want oh, to try. Yeah. Because it's it's kind of a it's kind of a really disheartening thing when you invest all your money into building Amulet Bloom and you realize, wow, I absolutely hate this deck.
0: Right.
2: Also, yeah, when when talking about uh, the cards you're gonna invest in, like Alex mentioned, don't don't invest into a really unfair, degenerate combo deck where the pieces are only good in that deck. Because chances are, if it's too good and too unfair and too degenerate and like non-interactive, eventually it'll get banned. Right. Like, I'm not promising it, but spending all your money on nourishing shoals and like amulet, uh, yeah, cards like that that are just not good on their own. They're only good in this one archetype. If they ever ban one piece, it's exactly like what happened with the second sunrise deck or with storm. The well, storms is still decent, but I mean. The, the the, the, the ground
0: out. will fall f- out from under you. I I do I do agree on that. But like it, I mean, I look at other band happenings. If you had invested into some of the more expensive cards in uh, birthing pod, you would have been you'd be still fine right now because collecting company decks are still playing those you know fifteen dollar kitchen finks. Yeah, exactly. Finks is fifteen dollars. All right, we got one more email. All right, so from Tim Rivera, I really want to get into the format, and I actually and I started buying into elves. The, de- the Elves decks before Collected Company was a thing, and now all the cards I didn't buy have all spiked in price. I think Tribal is a really fun, in- initially just wanted a Tier 2 deck that would be affordable, but now it seems like it's tuned- turned into a Tier 1 deck. Do you think I should hold off on buying the pieces I don't have, or do you think this deck will remain a Tier 1 deck and I should just bite the bullet?
2: Well, Heritage Druid being $24 is just absurd. Um, But that oh. card's been good for a while. I mean, that card is good in Legacy Elves.
0: Like, it is good in I mean, Legacy Elves is a deck. So, like, I think you should just... If you already have most of this deck and you liked the playstyle, which I imagine you did, I would just still invest in the deck. They're not gonna ban elves. There's no way. It's... I mean, the only card that might get banned is Collected Company, and I don't see that happening oh, in a lot of while. That yeah. cards that card's oh, not I think enough.
1: if they if they ban, if they ban Collector Company, they'd have to ban Splinter Twin. Like yeah. I I, right, I I think right. Collected Company is as fair as you can get or unfair as you can get in like a creature based deck.
2: Guess what you can guess what you can pull off a Collected company in response to them trying to twin?
1: Spell sky? Spell sky. Yeah. <laughs> um so this is I guess this is coming from like a spike like perspective. Um never play the second best thing that you can play. I always push people to to build the best deck that they can possibly build because but this is also like personal thing. I hate to lose. <laughs> so I would I I'd, I'd pull the trigger, man. Buy buy the cards you need, play it. Make sure you enjoy the deck, but definitely pull the trigger.
0: I mean, like in reality, the two, and I might be wrong off the top of my head. The three cards that are most expensive are probably collected company, which you should be picking up now, anyways, everyone, because it's in standard and it's it's prob like once origins comes out, it'll be the cheapest it's going to be until rotation, and at rotation it might not even go down based off of how much modern play it's seeing. Uh, cavern of souls, which like it's only gonna get higher. That's a card that, like, and to be totally honest, of the cards that are expensive in the Elves deck, it might be the least important because of how not, like, crazy uh, Countermagic, how, like, weak Countermagic is in the format in general. So picking up Collected companies last might be your best bet. And Heritage Rude is good in Legacy, so the card going down isn't going to happen. The worst case scenario is it gets reprinted, and there has to be a very specific format for Heritage Rude to get reprinted into it. So I, I say bite the bullet.
2: Yeah, I'm with I'm with Adrian. If anything, don't don't ever play don't ever try to play a tier 1 strategy and play it with worse cards. If you're going to play it with worse cards, just play something you've come up with on your own or play a lower tier strategy that's like like as you said, like mono green stompy. The best thing about modern is that you can be innovative with a strategy that already exists. Don't just play a strategy that's good and replace the good cards with less good cards. If you're going to try to do it, then think, how else could this same strategy win and what cards aren't people playing because it's not trying to win on this access, and that's the best way to try to innovate a deck with cheaper cards.
1: Though, though
0: there is a level of affordability as an issue. Like, I do understand that, like, and I agree with you that you should always play the best deck possible, but if I can't afford Tarmogoyf, there are budget versions of Tarmogoyf available. Sure, sure, but I'm saying there but are plenty with this deck,
2: of affordable decks that can be played.
0: Right, true, true, true. Uh, I guess my point is, is, like, you should not be moaning that it's becoming a Tier 1 deck and becoming expensive. You should be happy that you've invested so much already into a deck that is now... Going to be able to help you win tournaments. Fair. So that's that's it for letters uh, and uh, kind of the end of the podcast. Uh, I want to thank Adrian for coming on. Uh, Adrian, why don't you shout out to the world where people can find you on the internet?
1: Awesome. Uh, appreciate it, guys. So you guys can find my podcast um, on Twitter at MTG Focus Spikes. You can find the actual podcast at uh, MTGFocus.com. You can find me on Twitter at BropezPi. And you can find me live streaming at twitch.tv slash TheBedroomCasters.
0: Awesome. And and for all those people looking for more Alex Kessler on the internet, I actually should be guesting on MTG Focus Spikes sometime in the next two weeks. So keep paying attention to that, and we'll be talking about some sweet stuff. Nope, never. never. You're not coming on. I'm not nope. coming on. Oh, no. Yeah, so your guys'
1: Spellskite love just was too oh, much. F-
0: you, damn. You've been <laughs> infected.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, you
0: guys can find
2: me. Oh, well, Alex, where can they find you?
0: Oh me, I'm yeah. at Cast Wiley. Uh, we are at the MM cast. And as always remember to tweet at us, we'll tweet back at you because we love tweeting. We Apparently, Yeah, and
2: you guys have been so interactive recently on Twitter. It's been awesome. And yeah, we gained
0: been... 60 followers in, like, a week.
2: Yeah, like, well, I think it's just because we're interacting and people like yeah. Superior Burning Cocoa so much. Uh, you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram, uh, occasionally on Periscope, but not for quite a while. So maybe I'll stop saying it someday. <laughs> um,
0: and uh, that's pretty much that. Yeah, remember to email us if you want to send us questions. We'll answer in, like, longer form if you hate the 140-character limit on Twitter. Uh, our email is themmcast at rocketjump.com. Uh, so that's it for us. Uh, goodbye from me.
2: Actually, I'm going to ask, this is one our question of the week.
0: Oh, yeah, for um, Twitter.
2: I'm going to be playing uh, in a PPTQ on Sunday, uh, this Sunday. Um, this will be up by then?
0: Ooh. It'll be up Saturday. So Saturday.
2: Yeah. Okay, if you guys listen to this before Sunday, I'm willing to audible Sunday morning. Here are the options. I'm thinking about Jamming Collected Company in a Merfolk. Seems sweet. Possibly Grixis Twin. I have it. Possibly Chapin's Grixis deck. Or Superior Burning Cocoa with a fourth Spellskite and two Dorans instead of any of the apocrysites. That's probably what I'm leaning towards. I want to know your guys' thoughts. We'll talk to you next week.
0: All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to themmcast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.